welcome to this episode of The Great North. Today's theme is immigration. And first up, just a small apology from me about changing the theme, but I will come back to that. My name is Patrick, and I hope you will engage and discuss whether you disagree or agree with me. I do believe that talking together makes a good dialogue. And through that, hopefully, we can understand and respect each other. So let's try to keep it clean, alright? It's typical Norwegian to be good, said a former Prime Minister, Gro Harlem Brundtland, giving her New Year speech back in 1992. That phrase has stuck with us ever since. But what does it really mean? Is it really typical Norwegian to be good? As some people with a different biological roots have started to ask, what does it really mean to be Norwegian? What makes a Norwegian Norwegian? If you have an Asian background, ask myself, when do I become so integrated that I could say that I'm a Norwegian? When does everyone else say that I'm a Norwegian? It's typical Norwegian to be good, said her former Prime Minister, Gro Harlem Brundtland, giving her New Year speech back in 1992. That phrase has stuck with us ever since. But what does it really mean? Is it really typical Norwegian to be good? As some people with a different biological roots have started to ask, what does it mean to be Norwegian? What makes a Norwegian Norwegian? If you have an Asian background, ask myself, when do I become so integrated that I could say that I'm a Norwegian? When does everyone else say that I'm a Norwegian? And one of the huge talk in Norway and Oslo these days are immigration politics, besides the inauguration of the president, of course. How should we handle those people that flee, seek refugee, or just want to try make it in Norway? How should we handle immigrants? And this is not just a, just a question for Norway, but it's a topic every country and society should talk about. And in Norway, some people say that they, refugees need a cultural school to learn the Norwegian culture, to go skiing, learn the informal codes as never come knocking on a house door uninvited and expect to be invited in for coffee. Learn the behavioral codes and how we treat women uh, how to handle a job and uh, understand how the society works. Others welcome people from other nations and cultures. They embrace them and try to learn the best and integrate those things into their own daily life. I think society thrive on diversity, but I do love the homogeneity of living. And as I'm writing this, I'm on the posher, wealthier and white side of the town. And it's not more than a 20 minute subway ride and everything is different. Have we segregated ourselves? We are drawn to live with those that are like ourselves, are like-minded as uh, ourselves. And as Scandinavians are drawn to each other when they settled down in the US. And how we created a feeling of home when aboard. And just a little side note on that thing. There are two times Norwegians really greet, greet each other. The first are when they are out hiking in nature. Uh, 
everyone just greets everyone. And the other one is when traveling outside Scandinavia. Somehow we are all best friends then. But it's something familiar in a different culture and place and it makes everything safe. So I do understand why people from different culture reach out to each other to create this sense of a safe haven. But if we are all clinging to our small groups of home, will we integrate? Could we integrate? I think we should look on this from three different angles. The culture of a country, the economic side of it, and the Webster defines culture as an integrated pattern of human knowledge, belief, and behavior that depends upon the capacity for learning and transmitting knowledge to succeeding generations. So what did we learn from our parents in Anchester? Before we found oil in Norway, we were living off the earth and living the formal life, so we learned that. But Norway is a young country in a historic uh, point of view, and we don't have the long tradition to lean on. But what we do have is that we survived, we managed. Our culture might seem rough, living apart, separated by nature, and maybe that's why we're not like an outgoing people. But the nation is built upon Christians' belief and values. And that are shown now throughout the culture and systems. And up until 2017, our church was a state church. Our democracy uh, is a social democracy, so we include. We are taught that we should care for those that can't, that we should help those in need. And that's what we have done, helping each other, our neighbors. Our system makes everyone contribute. So those with the least can survive. The rich contributed the most. And in theory, this is a good model. It's humane. It's something to be proud of. But as with all systems, there are loopholes. Some take advantage of receiving money every month, and some take advantage of not contributing as they should by paying their taxes. But we should trust each other. But as we see in the later years, that trust has declined. We trust the system less. We hear the stories of the system failing those that need it and helping those that know, just know their way around it. It becomes unfair. The system that are supposed to be our safety net. So uh, we might move from a social system to an individual system, as the USA has, have done. But we know that our way is fundamentally better. So how do we handle those that cheat? Those that exploit the system? When our, our way of living is based upon trust, and when that seems threatened, we react, we protect instead of being open, we close. So should we let those few that exploits our system ruin our trust? Can our trust involve include those from other cultures? And culture is always changing from one generation to the next. French Johnson says that the best ideas come from intersections, the, the point where different ideas from opposite people come together and learn. When they can take the best from both of their worlds and culture and create something new, something of value for not just them, but for all. Can our trust involve and include that? Can we rebuild our 
trust, including the Islamic, the Israelites, the Chinese, the Americans, Trump. How can we do that in our time of the world, in our culture and in our lives? A key factor to be integrated into a culture is to contribute economically. In Norway, this is a huge deal. You pay your tax, you have your job. But uh, as for so many immigrants are struggling to be able to get hired, even with the right qualification. But even some occupation in Norway are not acknowledging other countries' educations. But for the most part, I do believe it's a language barrier. If you're not able to hold a business conversation in Norwegian, we are not able to hire you. Are sadly the way of acting for most people. But uh, so much of our business are done in Norwegian. So, but then again, everyone here understand and speak English good enough. So it shouldn't be a problem. Other than we might have to stretch a little bit. There are companies that are good at uh, at hiring based upon skill and not eth uh, ethnicity. Those help the integration process a lot. Sadly, a lot of people must work jobs that does not reflect their skill set. They get low-paid jobs, not because they want to, but they need an income. Both off the books and those that are legal. We all do what we must to provide. This ongoing discussion is how our borders should be protected for working immigrants. And as the, as the UK left the European Union, one of the topics was that they were able to give more people to the UK. And Trump wants to move back jobs back to the States. It's all based upon the economically proposition that money should be used in the country where it's earned not transfer it to people in different countries and use there and build the economy there. One concern about having working immigrants doing low-paid jobs is that the price does not reflect the real price. We burn through the working force, paying them off books, having them live in inhumane conditions. But we want to pay the least amount for services, so we let it. And that way of thinking uh, that we only want people that could do work that we don't want to do is a dangerous way of thinking. But it's already a part of the current Norwegian culture and allowing this kind of a culture, we are creating a second-rate world citizen. And is this building trust? Is this where we want to be our legacy? Is this where we want to transferring to the succeeding generation? The last year, there are many refugees trying to find a new home. Not with that we have a lot of the refugees in Norway because our immigration politics are one of the strictest in the world. And we are almost at the top of the world, so it's a long way to travel for the most part. And somehow we have people living in reception centers for years. Where they live of almost nothing and they're not allowed to work nor help the centers in any way that they stay at. They just have to wait. This our bureaucracy slow down and hinder the integration process? It might. Looking at it from an economic view, it's expensive to keep people in reception centers. We give them money, we have people working there, clean there, taking care of the place and so on. We're even paying for unused spaces around Norway just in case uh, something would happen. And still, uh, 
we are not accepting more refugees. Imagine if we could have intersections with all of these refugees, with immigrants, with people from other cultures. We could create something that Norway could live off instead of the oil. The Canadian Prime Minister has clearly stated that he wants to welcome refugees and immigrants. He sees that it could be of value. It's people with both life and learned skills. We all know something. And I want to be a person that believes the good in people. And I know that I'm not the smartest person alive, but I do have my skill set and I can contribute it both money and skill-wise. And so can everyone else. So why not give them an opportunity? If we could master our way of merging people into our society, creating ways to communicate, interact and thrive while still keep the safe heaven of identity and culture, could we handle the immigration or is it too scary? Allowing people to live how they want to, accepting and enabling them so they become a part of us. Isn't that the thriving community that we want to have? In the Norwegian culture and society, it's anticipated that you should own your own house. You get a tax deduct and it's a way of saving. But in the Islamic belief, they are not allowed to pay interest, as a lot of Norwegian does. So they cannot take out a traditional loan in a Norwegian bank. But as a way to handle integration, a bank now is looking into the possibility of having Islamic loans. And I was really skeptical when I first heard of it. But as I investigated, I started to understand how this kind of a loan could work. Of course, there are some legal issues that has to be solved, but they're not impossible to handle. One of the suggestions are that the bank and the loaner are both co-owners of the house or the apartment or the property. And the loaner are paying rent for the part that the, the bank owns. So it's just a different way of paying interest. But that could mean the world for a huge and growing population that are moving to Norway. Are we losing the Norwegian culture by accepting this structure of living? Are we compromising or are we adding? The physiological part aspect of immigration is a difficult task because it has so many unknown factors. But I do believe it's an important thing to talk about. Not that I know you might know more than, I, than me on this. So if I'm wrong, please do correct me. I'm all about the learning part. But the, the fear of change, I think, plays an important role in immigration politics. It's so comfortable and nice now. Why change it up? We get by and we live good lives with the people that uh, have the same stories as ourselves. Never change a winning recipe has been said so many places. And as the culture has taught us to survive, we have learned that our routines are a vital part. Sleep, hunt, eat, and care for each other. The unknown future and the question line of all the what-ifs seems to be like a never-ending story. The big changes are scary because we cannot predict the outcome. And it means losing control including a new culture, new people. 
that we do not know uh, can change the way we think, act, and relate. Hopefully for the better, but somehow it, this challenge brings out the worst of us. The fear of change is too big, or the way we predict the potential future is so scary that we protest. If we let the fear control how we make the decision, we can never change. Benjamin Franklin once said, When you are finished changing, you are finished. So, what does it mean to be Norwegian? I think it's uh, all about being a part of the society. Contribute, either financial or with skill set, hopefully both. Respecting each other. Being able to acknowledge one another. Transfer the best of our way of living with different cultures to the next generation. It's typical Norwegian to be good. I want to live up to that. Being good at not letting fear control my way of behavior. Being good at including different people into my life. Being good at making interesting intersections. Being good at being Norwegian. So, tell me what's your definition of being a Norwegian? Or an American, or wherever you come from. Please tell me on Twitter, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And do please share and engage with me on Twitter and uh, stay tuned for the next episode the next week. Okay, I'll talk to you later and uh, sign up. This is-